0: Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: Hey, and welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonnie, and today I'm coming to you live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen live to the show every Thursday at 11 a.m. on heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes. This year on After the Jump, I'm breaking the year up into smaller seasons. Each one has a theme, and I'll be focusing on a range of topics in that theme and sharing advice from not only my own experience, but from guest experts that will join me here on air. After a month of interviews with some really fantastic interior designers, I think in particular the John Call interview was one that I probably got more emails about than any other interview I've ever done, um, I felt like it was time to really kind of bring things back online for a moment. So all this month, I'm going to be focusing on the internet platforms our community uses for success. From Instagram and Pinterest to shopping cart platforms and how we all use apps for better photographs, I'm going to be diving into the online tools that make it a little bit easier and more fun to run our lives and our businesses online. Today, I'm starting with a topic that recently has become incredibly close to my heart, apps. I spent probably the majority of 2013, being incredibly upset and confused and honestly just pretty scared about the way that social media and various apps and programs were taking over and in some ways replacing the blogging community. I didn't really bother to learn most of them because I felt super threatened. And when I really should have been experimenting and seeing them as a way for me to open my mind a bit, try something new and stretch my creative muscles, I really just kind of sat around and shook my head and wouldn't join any of them. Thankfully, after a year of, a year of really like kind of moping around and feeling sad about it, I really tried to get my head around the change in the blogging community. And thankfully, I am now on the other side of the fence and see so much potential and excitement in all of these systems that produce new tools new tricks and programs for us to try on a daily basis. So for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to break down all of the apps that make my life easier and more inspiring and full of creativity. But before I want to dive in, I want to start with sort of a caveat slash general guideline for everything I'm about to mention in this episode. First of all, no one has to try any of these apps. I think it's really important to just drive that home before we get started. You don't have to try, you don't have to like stretch or grow your business any way you don't want to. These are really suggestions that are meant as possible outlets for your creativity and any message that you're trying to get across because not everybody online creates for the same reason. But if you are creating for the purpose of being a profitable business at some point, which again, isn't everyone's goal, it's totally fine. I want to continue to engage with um, or if if you want to continue to engage with and grow your readership these apps are really just another tool in your tool belt to help you grow as a business owner and creative person. Now, again, anytime I talk about stuff like this, people tend to get a little bit upset and think that, well, I'm blogging for myself and I'm blogging because I do what I love. And so you definitely don't have to use any of these. But I spent the, all last year in the same headspace, and I really think looking at some of these apps and tools and things that exist online are really great ways to open up the way you express yourself, the way you get your message across, and if you have a brand of any sort, they just become more valuable tools to really kind of diversify the message you're sending to your reader. So let's start with the fun ones and the ones that I think everybody knows most, uh, the most closely, filters. First, why are these important at all? Well, This is a design show, and we're talking about working in a primarily visual community. Photographs have always been important. So whether you're a blogger or you're a maker of some sort, um, those photographs are commuting your style. They're communicating your brand. They're communicating how you see the world. And in the blogging community and the online community we're all of a part of now, the way that you see the world and how you make that look differently and stand apart from everybody else is really what's becoming so valuable. And there are countless, countless apps that let you change, improve or alter the way that you present your own images. And they're not always necessary, but they can really help you get a leg up and do something new and most importantly, stand out. So I want to start with the one that I think probably everybody listening to this show will be the most familiar with, which is uh, the Visual Supply Company, also known as ViscoCam. I've also heard people pronounce that a little bit differently, so... We can have like a GIF GIF or about that if we want, but I'm gonna call it ViscoCam for shortness. This is a filter that probably most people are most familiar with through Instagram. You essentially upload photos either through ViscoCam or you can take photos directly with it and it adds a number of filters. I've been reading a lot about kind of why this particular filter seems to have taken off so strongly. And the bottom line that most people seem to agree with is that it's really trying to make photographs look like more realistic photographs. It's not trying to make everything look Super like 70s and camera like. It's really trying to make things look like an actual photograph. I do think it makes things feel a little moody, but I think in our particular design niche right now, people are totally fine with moody. So I started using ViscoCam on the majority of the photos that I upload to our Instagram feed, not for everything else. And have noticed just by using the app, which is kind of shallow to admit, but just using the app has dramatically increased the amount of people who seem to be interested in photographs or like them or follow the feed in general and I find it fascinating that just a filter could do that, but it really does kind of have a powerful effect. Um, from a visual standpoint, I think a lot of the times it sucks the yellow tones out of photos, which I think right now, aesthetically, a lot of people are really interested in. I think everything had this very soft, sunny, yellow feel for a while, and I think a lot of people want something like a little darker and a little moodier and a little bit more of like a blue tint to it, and I think ViscoCam Chem does that really, really nicely. Um, it's incredibly easy to download, so I think if you've never tried filter, this is a really great place to start. The other nice thing about this particular filter is that it kind of has a built-in community of users. Um, I'm not a huge fan of hashtagging every single thing that you do, ViscoCam, which a lot of people do, and totally fine. But I think if you find yourself hashtagging things a billion times anyway, you don't necessarily need to add another one. But it is a very sort of robust community of people who love taking photographs through that filter, who follow other people who use it. So I almost think about it in the way that I would someone starting an online shop, whereas you can start your own shop and start a program on your own site. And that's totally fine. Or you can plug into something like Etsy, where you're already part of a community of people who are looking for something similar. So that's how I think of ViscoCam. The next one I want to talk about is called Faded. It's a filter that I've noticed some people using, and I think it's pretty easy to to recognize it among other photographs, but I really like it. Faded essentially gives you a faded look and has sort of like a a Super 8 camera film feel to it. And that's really what they're kind of selling when you're buying the app is they're really pitching that kind of moody, very ethereal, like soft 1970s film quality that isn't for everyone, but I think works incredibly well for landscape photographs. And if you're somebody who's working in the lifestyle industry, and you're taking photographs that involve nature or landscapes, or even just kind of like, early morning home photographs, those things go so well through the faded filter. And I really, really enjoy that one. So I think it's a really great one to think about if you're trying to add a little bit more emphasis to your photos and don't want to rely on the traditional filters that exist through a smartphone app or through that. The filters that already exist for Instagram and things like that, which I think everybody started to identify with pretty quickly. And side note, if you haven't seen it, go look up the bold italics take on Instagram filters. It's a very hilarious look at sort of the stereotypes between or between people who use those uh, the filters. The next thing I want to talk about are apps that add effects to your photographs. And I think these are the things that are really taking off right now. And I think they come with their own caveat, which is that you never want to overuse an app so much that everybody can tell that you're constantly adding like this type of sketch to something. You're constantly adding this type of text. You never want to overdo an app, but instead really find a way to kind of make it your own and experiment until you find a use that it sort of fits within your existing aesthetic and what your brand's already doing. So let's talk about the first one, which if you work in the design industry, I think it's a must. It's called Time Shutter. It's essentially a time lapse thing that lets you upload photographs in various stages of a project and then wrap them all together so you can see within a single image what's happening. The app, um, their page on, on iTunes really illustrates this through a photograph of a person. And that's fine. But I think if you're a fashion blogger, this obviously has really obvious implications. But I don't think it's really been pitched to the design community in a way that's really effective. But I think it's got massive, massive implications. I think with the way people are moving and they don't want to read long, long posts about a home makeover or even a piece of furniture being made, over or something being created from scratch, whether it's a piece of pottery or a piece of artwork, to be able to photograph in various stages and then sort of stitch them all together into one succinct image is a really interesting tool. It allows you to convey a lot of image or a lot of information very quickly in one place, whether you're uploading that to Instagram, whether you're uploading that to Twitter or just hosting it on your website, it's a very concise and 100% visual way to convey something that might have normally taken you a little bit longer. Now, there can be a whole side debate about whether or not that's a good thing that people aren't interested in the long post anymore, but the reality of the situation is people are really interested in having a sh- lot of information conveyed in a really short place. So I think Time Shutter is really interesting for that. I think it's something we're going to see people really experiment with in creative ways ways. I've seen it done um, with graffiti a lot on Instagram, which I think is really, really fascinating. But it would be an interesting way to watch paintings come together or to watch a piece of pottery come together in various stages with glazes. So if you're a maker, really consider this one. I think it's a great way to convey what you do and also the amount of work and time that go into a piece. Uh, The next one I want to talk about is called Fragment. And this is one that I seem to debate among friends all the time because it can be a little needlessly artsy and cool. But I think it's interesting. Fragment essentially allows you to add these sort of geometric shapes over your existing images or an image you take through it. And then it kind of pulls in colors and sort of patterns and fades them into those geometric shapes. It reminds me a lot of the prints that we've been seeing on Etsy for probably the last eight months that are like a, a landscape threaded through a giant circle or threaded through a triangle on top of a circle. And if you follow design, you know exactly what type of prints I'm talking about. It essentially makes all of your photos look like that. You definitely don't want to do that for all your photos. You don't want to do it all throughout your feed. You don't want to change all your blog photos to this. But every now and then, it's a really interesting way to experiment with photographs that you take on your own, whether they're the view out of your backyard or something you've produced in your own studio. I think it's fun every now and then to sort of switch things up and see how people respond to them. So fragment is a fun one for that. The next one I want to talk about, um, or two actually, are apps that let you add text or imagery over top of existing images. And I think the first one everybody knew and loved, and I still love and enjoy, is called Over. And Over allows you to add really simply text on top of a photo that you've already done in a variety of colors, sizes, sizes. Um, different font choices, you can sort of expand and buy an additional package that has a dozen billion more fonts in there. But over is incredibly easy to use. And I remember when it started popping up, everybody had photographs with like, very specific fonts laid on top of photographs, which isn't always necessary, but I think can be really fun. And I think especially if you're having some sort of competition, or you're using images to convey that you're hiring somebody or that you have a new collection launching. It's a really clean, concise way to add text over things. I'd love to see overexpand at some point so that it could work in your own handwriting or kind of upload handwriting that you're using from like a Wacom tablet or something to make it feel a bit more personalized. But I still think it's a great way to add text over things. The next one is one that I discovered on um, Joy's feed on Oh Joy on Instagram. And it's called Oh Baby. And it's just O, the letter O, and then baby. And it's primarily meant for people with kids. So I'm just going to put that one out there. I don't have any kids, but it's totally fine. And I use it without that. There are, will be a large section of the, the app that's like, to, options that you're not going to use there are, for example sections about like adopting and first steps and all that sort of stuff i just like ignored all of that and looked at the top two categories which are doodles and then little tiny sayings and everyday sayings which i think are adorable um the majority of them look like a lot of the doodles that you already see on people's images on blogs like little arrows or tiny frames or tiny hearts and things like that and yes you can completely do those by yourself if you've got the tools and the tablet to do it but not everybody has that and not everybody wants to take the time to learn that the nice thing about O oh baby is that essentially for a really small cost I think the, the download the basic version is like $1.99. Um, if you download Oh Baby, is you can add really quickly those little doodles, those little images, those little sayings onto things. But primarily what I like Oh Baby for is the frames that are available within that. I have a really hard time keeping things very linear and very clean when I'm drawing by hand and trying to add that to a photograph. So I just gave up. But the nice thing is Oh Baby has a huge selection of pre-drawn, but they're hand-drawn frames that you can easily size and place over something. And I think it's a really nice way to add emphasis to a photograph off when you don't want to use the kind of blur feature that already comes with a lot of cameras and apps like Instagram. So Oh Baby is a really, really great one to consider. Now, after the break, I'm going to talk about things that help you make better collages, better video, and then my favorite, better work and life organization. So hang on, I'll be right back with more fun for your phone.
0: You're listening to Weird Wild World by Sleepies on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. network.org. The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio network.org. The ICC with
1: locations in New York and California Provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef's Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Hey, welcome back to after the jump today. I don't have a guest. I'm talking about the things that I'm obsessed with and love the most in my life right now, which are apps. Uh, Before the break, I was talking about apps that are primarily just filters, things that make your photographs look beautiful, things that let you alter them in a way that communicates more information or communicates information through the lens that you think best express is your style, your aesthetic. And so we've kind of gotten those off off the table. I think those are the ones that people are probably most familiar with, like ViscoCam. cam. So now I'm going to talk about the ones that I think are super fun and especially applicable for people working in a creative community like the design community or the art community. Um collages. I I make a dozen collages a week. They're sort of a part of running a blog. But I think that there's something that can sometimes be tricky if you're not familiar with making them on a daily basis, like a lot of bloggers are. So let's start with the most obvious one. I have been leaning like a crutch on Instacollage for a long time. Instacollage is a really fun app. I think it costs 99 cents. I use it constantly when I want to make an interesting shape, but don't have the patience to sit there and Photoshop and make them all myself. Instacollage lets you choose from many, many, many frames that are all in different shapes. You can add a frame. You can subtract a frame. You can customize the distance between photographs, add white space, make it a different color. It's really infinitely flexible, and it's quite easy, and it lets you just save the photo to your camera roll and move on. It's incredibly easy to work with. I cannot recommend this one more highly. Here's the downfall, though all your collages will start to look a lot like everybody else's collages because at least right now within the design community, a very specific aesthetic is popular. And so people tend to choose like the same five or six frames that you see everywhere. But the nice thing is Instacollage will let you for a small fee, I think it's like 99 cents to upgrade your package, you can get access to dozens more collage shapes that you can change and work as you see fit. So I think it's something that's really expanding and really interesting. And it opens up the world of collages and sort of juxtaposing whether it's your work or photographs from your personal personal life in a way that's interesting. So Instacollage is a great one. The next one that's a step up from this, and this is a very recent obsession of mine, is called Fusel or Fusel, Not quite sure about the pronunciation, but it's F-U-Z-E-L. What it lets you create are animated collages. I can't get enough of these right now, primarily because it lets you make particular cells within that collage animated and leave some static. I saw a lot of these popping up on Instagram and all of the Orange is the New Black characters feeds, which I thought was really interesting. A couple of the characters or the actress from the show were uploading a photograph of one person putting that at the center and that was moving and then all the photographs around it were static. And I think it's a really interesting way to think about showing the lifespan of a particular product, or even the lifespan of just something changing on your website starting with things that are static and letting the moving cell in the center be the most current animated version of that. There are a lot of possibilities in this app and I haven't seen people using it quite as I think robustly as it could be used, but I think there's a lot of potential here, especially for people who are creatively minded and artistic. So, if you haven't given Fusel or Fusel a shot, download it and see what you think about it. From collages, the natural extension for me is video and I've talked about this online and I think everybody's talked about this online. Everyone's moving to video doesn't mean that everybody's moving to really long scale professionally shot video. It just means that video is everywhere, whether it's popping up on your Instagram feed or Facebook or Twitter or just the way that YouTube has sort of completely permeated every aspect of the creative community. Video is the way we're going. And I think one of the nice things about This being something we all kind of should move towards in a way is that we don't all have access to videographers or the budgets to hire people, but we all do have access to a number of apps that are available for very small fees from free up to about $3.99 for apps. You can download these things that make your life so, so much easier. So let's start with the one that's my favorite and the one I have the most experience with right now, which is Flipagram. And I think if you are on Instagram and you were on Instagram around New Year's, you probably saw 10 billion of these popping up and I'm... Personally responsible for at least a dozen of them. Uh, Flipogram essentially lets you turn static images into video and add some music if you want to add music. Um, you can pay additional costs to get music from like your favorite top 40 artists, but for the most part, you can add simple clips of um, audio or just leave it as it is with just the images. You can select a certain number of images. I think it limits you to typically what the Instagram limit is, which I think is 17 seconds. Um, And you can upload those images and just have them rotate. I find that the most successful flippogram updates that I've seen online are ones that have a very specific theme, like whether it's like a dog from being a puppy to being grown up or the production of a line from the inspiration trip all the way to the final pillow that you're now selling in your shop. Those sorts of things seem to go over, the most easily and it's a nice way to produce essentially a video even though it's not actual video footage. It feels like a video and those seem to get swept up really quickly online. The next one which I'm, I'm very interested in is called Cameo and Cameo essentially produces very short films um, that lets you sort of work with a limited range of but very professional effects and fonts. Now adding fonts to video is something that was kind of difficult for a while but now there are a bunch of apps that let you do that so it's a nice way to produce sort of DIY videos, how-to videos, even like very short interviews you can do on Cameo. And they're very brief. They look really nice and very clear. Um, And I think it's a great way to experiment with video if you don't have the money to buy a video camera and just want to use your phone. It's a great, great way to do that. The next one is diptych video. This one I think is something that could be a little bit overwhelming and could probably go wrong really quickly and be a little bit uh, complicated, but I've seen a couple artists do this very well. Diptych video essentially has two videos on top of each other like a diptych and because you're using that wide format, you can see them up against each other. I've seen this most interestingly in the way that people compare like motion to each other. For example, um, if you go to the Diptych iTunes page and see that what they're doing is showing you someone skiing down a mountain and then a dog running down a mountain in snow. Obviously, very similar motions, similar settings, but completely different subjects. And I think that's an interesting way to sort of juxtapose things without shoving too much content in your face. And I think if you leave things really simple, if you're doing a very simple clip of, let's say you're a potter and you want to use this to show off the final stages of glazing and maybe the final stages of actually creating the pot on the wheel it would be beautiful to see those two films just short clips juxtaposed with each other so you can see two of the major steps of your process as an artist so i think it's something that people haven't experimented been or experimented with as much as I think they will in the future, but I think it's got great potential. And if video is something you want to try, Diptych is definitely worth checking out. The next one is sort of a little bit of the opposite of the three I just talked about before, but it's a bit more in line with all of the... Uh, filters we were talking about before the break. It's called 8mm Vintage Camera. And as the name would suggest, it gives you sort of a vintage style old camera feel, but for video. And you obviously see a lot of these online. I've seen a ton of them in sort of lifestyle slash like fashion blogger feeds where people want to show themselves like trying on dresses or walking down the street and making things feel a bit more cinematic. And those You know, implications are obviously like they're pretty obvious what you can do with stuff like that. But I think it would be really neat to apply vintage cameras um, settings, especially to people who are focusing on landscapes or things that are a bit more mood based. So, if you're an entertainer, um, you're somebody who creates parties or creates some sort of lifestyle event, I think it would be a really nice way to show how those things are set up and the work that goes into them. I think, in general, it's interesting to see how different facets of the community, the creative community in particular, can use apps like this to really best show off what they do. I see this has like great potential for people who work in flowers, who work in food, who really make events or any sort of entertainment event come together. I think it'd be a great way to sort of just like instill some mood into something really quickly. So those are my favorite creative apps and I love those and I work with them all the time, but there are a couple that I lean on for everything every part of my personal life and every part of my professional life. Uh, I want to talk about those. It's primarily two and those two I could talk about for hours but I'll keep them to just a few minutes. The first one is TaskRabbit. I should be an unofficial TaskRabbit spokesperson in the same way that I am for Boomerang, the Gmail app. I feel like TaskRabbit is the greatest invention that's ever happened in the last couple years. Essentially what it is is a community of rabbits and yes, they totally call themselves rabbits. Um, It's sort of like Craigslist. People sign up, they have a list of skills they do. You can list a task or find somebody under a particular task and hire them to do literally anything from wait in line to get you tickets for a show to come over and hang a big heavy mirror above your couch it is a fantastic group and the app for this lets you really quickly post things and get them approved even as much as like a delivery service you can say like i've got a package i need to mail i don't have time to go to the post office you come pick it up and mail it the nice thing about TaskRabbit is in the app form and in the web form You log up your credit card. It can be your business credit card so you can keep track of all the things you're going to write off and need receipts for. You log in your credit card and you never exchange cash with the person that you're working with. Everything is handled online. There is a place to leave a tip if you want to on the Internet. But you don't have to worry about with any of that stuff that comes with typically hiring people for small tasks. So I find it's helped me be incredibly just productive throughout the course of the day to realize that my time is better spent on XYZ than it is on sort of small tasks that aren't maybe my specialty. So I've hired task rabbits for everything from hanging cabinets to helping me have things delivered into the city. It's just, it's kind of endless what you can do. And then once you find a rabbit that you like, you can hire them again and again and kind of have a trusted person to keep on hand for things. Now obviously the work implications for this are pretty obvious, but if you're an artist, this would be a great way to have somebody set up things for you to have you know mailers sent to have somebody go check out event spaces you can do anything with TaskRabbit and I think the app makes it really really practical and very simple to use because you just log on you use your phone that's already in your hand all the time you put a task there you approve it you can instantly have buttons to call and email that person it's just such a simple way to do things and obviously not everybody wants to spend money on these tasks so if you don't want to hire someone to help you with things That's totally fine. Just skip that app. But I think if you are somebody who is busy and doesn't mind investing in somebody to help you get things done throughout the day, TaskRabbit is a must. I really cannot recommend it more highly. I use it what feels like on a weekly basis. Uh, The next one I want to talk about is Everest. Everest is a bit different. Um, It's goal oriented as sort of the name would, would hint at the idea of like, what's your own personal Mount Everest? What's the big goal that you have in your life? Whether you would like to climb a mountain or you would just like to maybe produce your own stationary line. It really helps you list what a goal is then actionable steps to get there and then help you check off and stay on that task list so you actually get something accomplished that you really, really wanted to do. I think that one of the, the interesting things about 2014 is that I think most of us who work online um, are realizing that the year almost needs to be broken up into shorter segments because big year-long goals don't seem as practical as they used to because the industry and sort of the floor underneath all of us is shifting constantly. So I like the idea of using Everest as a way to set really short-term goals, even if it's just for one month. And that one month goal is to say, clean out your office and better organize you know, your entryway. You set that as your big goal for the month. You set mini tasks and you set reminders, and you stay on top of them. And I think it's a great way to break up in your year into small chunks and actually get things done. So TaskRabbit and Everest are the two things I'm really, really relying on right now. Now, I wanted to end um, with some apps that I think aren't working quite as well right now that I feel are kind of being like pushed in everybody's faces and people keep asking me what I think about them and whether or not they're working. And I don't love them for the creative community. And I think they kind of touch on the biggest issue when it comes to apps. Um, The two that I can't really stand right now are waterlogged, which everybody is like hashtagging like crazy and putting all over the place. And essentially what waterlogged does is takes any photograph you have and turns it into what they're calling a, like a watercolor painting. The concept of that is completely fine. I associate that so much with like what Photoshop did for photography, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. And I think it's a look that doesn't always work for everything. I feel like it's just being applied to every photograph as if if you work in the design community, everything should be a painting. But just like any app, not every picture needs to be pulled through a filter. Not every picture needs to be pulled through something that makes it look, quote unquote, more artistic. And I think it's a great example of not every app being right for everything. And I think the difference is you should be able to decide when a photo needs a little enhancement or just is better with a little enhancement. And I think in general, anything that makes something look artistic, but not as authentic, I'm just not a fan of. And I think Waterlog is like, I don't know whose particular style that is that it's making it look like, but I'm just not a fan of it. And I feel like pulling already beautiful photographs of flowers through that just muddies it all down. So not a fan of that app. I'm also not a fan of any of the handful of ones that lets you cut someone's, like, a picture out and then juxtapose it on another one. It's a collage style, but I don't think it's quite as successful because I think it really requires, like, a much more detailed tool and, like, a desktop to really sit there and make that look interesting. And I'm seeing a lot of people try to pull out, like, products, for example and then drop them into a home tour and say, this is how I see my work being used in this type of house and this type of style, which is a great idea and I would love to be able to see some sort of app that allows product designers to work with approved licensed home images where they can drop their work into them to give people an idea of what they would look like but so far i think that those juxtaposing apps have been pretty clunky so in general i think if it doesn't make your work look better and express your brand really cleanly in like a very modern way just skip them which kind of jumps to my very last point that i want to end the show on which is the key to find a way to make all these apps your own like, that's the bottom line of of anything that's sort of interesting, technological, and new and different these days. It's not about jumping on board with every single app. It's not about running every photo through a filter or trying to make everything new and hip and cool. It's about really staying open-minded to all of the options that are out there, whether it's a photo filter or trying short you know short-form video or adding text over things. If it works for you and your aesthetic... There is no reason not to give it a shot. I think the real mistake with any online business right now is to not give these things a try and see if they work for you. But the one thing to remember is that you don't have to try them all. And you don't have to try them if they're not right for you. I've been experimenting with a whole bunch of different things on Instagram lately. And some have been massive, massive failures. And some have been successful. And it's really about finding a way to find these tools and use them in a way that makes your business and your message clearer and more like the message and the aesthetic that you want to get across to your readers. So I hope you'll find these interesting. If you've got any other ideas, feel free to lay them on me. And I'll be back next week with more technological ideas that make your life and your business a little bit more creative and a little bit easier. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Thursday.
0: Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage_Radio. Radio.